Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we are finishing off our lovely patron, Commissar Whiskers' foray into a new, the next generation. Um, not that one, and, and no, not even that one. But it's the as I always say, you really need to go back and listen to the first episode because otherwise, oh boy, you're just going to be real lost. Uh, a big shout out again to Commissar Whiskers for that setting. And before we get into anything else, we have two, yes, two brand new patrons that I would love to shout out. So a huge thank you to Carson and Alexander, both of them coming in at the Goblin tier. Thank you guys so much for uh, giving us money to do the podcast. Like, wild. Abs- I'm continually stunned that people gave us money for the podcast <laughs> in the best way possible. Uh, with that out of the way, uh, this is a great segue to remind everyone that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com where if you click on the link, follow the instructions within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we are going to be at Let's World Build on Twitter. If you want to come join our Discord and chat about, oh, any TNG, whether it be Star Trek or there's some definitely some lesser ones, uh, you can do so by following a link in the description to our Discord. Come chat with us about this world building or hell, any old thing. And of course, like Carson and Alexander, if you're feeling particularly generous or you just want access to those sweet, sweet patron only episodes, you can go to our Patreon and give us money there. Now, with all of the shilling out of the way, the last we left off, we had a twist and that twist was when a gift becomes a curse. So, Daniel, why don't you start us off today and tell us how you want to reconcile our twist? I mean, I think we kind of I think the answer also I just think more interesting um, is already in where we were going. I think we concluded with the idea of like a child being born and this is going to change things because it deviates from their cloning. And I thought like, well, you know, the gift for them is their survival from a previous iteration of humanity. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the fact that they have been given, human beings have given themselves up to the sea to create, you know, essentially a means for these humans to survive. So I think if the gift of this new child, or if if this new child is born, that gift gets corrupted because their society will will be upended and they won't know what to deal with that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Essentially, the the way that they reproduce will be totally changed, and I think that that will frighten them and then create discord among them. Okay, mm. so we're so we're talking about the children of men style new generation, the new new generation that we had kind of come up with previously, correct? Yeah. So like the the, the humans who have to clone themselves basically to survive. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, okay. and we had talked last time too about how this might be like why this new generation is trying to seek out the knowledge of the former one. And like, Mm -hmm. maybe it's like unearthing secrets that the previous generation had wanted to keep hidden, like Mm -hmm. sort of opening Pandora's box and letting out all the stuff that they were trying to, trying to heal over essentially. Mm. 
I want to segue into my tenant real quick because it does match Daniel's fairly well. Although I think I added some level of specificity as well as some level of vagueness uh, that I think should help us a little bit, uh, or at least an element to it, because I was thinking similarly to Daniel, um, but on a more global or, or uh, a vaster scale, I suppose. I was thinking that this next generation has a hard time limit. Like there is something, mm. whether it be like unstable DNA or unstable genetic code, or maybe the previous generation could only get them so far, but there is something that is de- that will definitive. There is a timeline that this new generation can fix and probably will spend some level of time doing. But that is something that I'm really interested in seeing is each each subsequent like person is slightly off compared to the last one or Mm -hmm. not worse because I feel like that is involving all sorts of weird eugenic shit, but like perhaps less adaptable to the new environment than the previous generation or something like that. I I, I kind of left it vague because I want to hear what y'all think about what I'm talking about here. That's kind of an interesting idea. What you said about like less adaptable, like the longer this goes on, the more locked in their traits become. And Mm. I feel like one of the key traits of humanity itself is how adaptable we are to like Mm -hmm. any sort of situation. So if you take that away, you really remove how much we can like actually survive. Mm. I I mean, I love that because it will connect narratively with what we've set up so far. Like, um, yeah, if there's a time limit on whatever the previous humans have done for us, then it connects to a, the fact that, they're surviving by basically genetic engineering and B it makes that child really important because, or whatever has been born because they might be the answer to that. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what I was thinking as well is that like in, in the moment, this kind of unnatural natural birth is really shocking and like surprising to the people. And that's why it's causing this strife and conflict and everything. But maybe that's like the actual way that, this they kind of shake from this time this frame that they're stuck in this kind of uh, mm. de- deteriorating situation you know like maybe it's like maybe this is the way out maybe this is not like a baby savior but like the, they're the key to a successful diversion or successful adaptation for future generations yeah like the next stage of evolution essentially mm. i really didn't want to use that because <laughs> I that is some fucking oh boy there is I know some, I know yeah well I mean I don't I don't think sci-fi should shy away from from what it would mean because those things are going to happen in our future we're already doing forms of genetic engineering with humans right now so it's like we right. have to confront them you know right no no I I was I, it's mostly just the verbiage that I have an issue with more than anything mm-hmm. else but uh, anyway yeah uh yeah no I think I think. I again, I keep going back to Gattaca, but it's such a good movie and it's like kind of apt for what we're talking about here, I think, you know? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, Courtney, why don't you tell <laughs> us where you're going with our uh, twist and then we can figure that out? 
Uh, so I definitely went in a different direction, uh, more broader, more environmental. Um, mine was then the, the pain the, demons came. <laughs> the robots <laughs> came and tortured everybody. No, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that legit. I'm like honestly like half expecting that from you, Courtney. No, but you no. know, we'll see. Sorry. I, I, okay, more environmental. Yes. More Kevin Costner and Waterworld. Okay. Pretty much. What do we got? Um, so the previous generation had kind of sacrificed themselves to benefit the next one, but in leaving them this like rejuvenated earth with these underwater seed pods, they hadn't foreseen the consequence of those seed pods as potentially a very tempting food source for creatures that were previously relegated to depths of the ocean. So basically oh my we, God, we've yes. got giant squids and stuff like that. And like literal bait. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Human embryo or new human embryos <laughs> mm-hmm. as like bait for the Cthuloid sea monster. Oh pretty my much. God. Pretty much. That is so fucking ridiculous <laughs> and that I kind of love it a whole lot. Thank you. Actually. Thank you. <laughs> no, and then what's cool is like it doesn't really violate stuff like kind of our solar punk pseudo utopian ideas because mm-hmm. they're not evil they're just they are what they are yeah yeah it'll just be like a big shark or squid or something and it's not like they're constantly there it's probably they just come up when they they need to Mm -hmm. eat and then they go Mm -hmm. back down for however long courtney we're not just gonna make it a dumb fucking squid or shark (laughs) like if we get to fuck around with deep sea monsters Mm -hmm. from like the far future of earth like we're definitely gonna do better than a squid or a, a shark type thing. Like we're a world building podcast, Courtney. Mm-hmm. We can't, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would sit here and be like, wow, they're that's that they, they're so <laughs> fucking creative. They came up with a squid and a shark. Like, no, come on. We got to do better than that. Well, for um, now, that's what they are. For now, yes, on for that. now. Yeah. But like, I'm just, I just want to throw out my disapproval for mm. basic bitch shark. Like, I feel like if we just come away with Sharknado, like we failed. <laughs> so I just want to toss that out there for the time being. Sharknado. I, I just wanted to well, clarify. Can we just like, okay, this is a favorite of yours, uh, Courtney. Why don't we just um, like add a screaming bear uh, person into the sharks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, turn it into annihilation. Annihilation on the bingo yeah. card, everyone. It's <laughs> yeah. a horror direction, though. Yeah. Oh, another wait, wait, another wait, wait, way wait. to take it would be a street shark human hybrids. So we got oh, the, yes. the actual street <laughs> actually, sharks going on. So actually, that's that's kind of where I was going. Where like if these if there's like genetic pods drifting in the ocean, like genetic runoff is absolutely going to be a weirdo thing. So it's not going to be like street sharks. It's going to be like street sharks but like cthuloid basically right like <laughs> horrifying uh instead of killer mari the that's the squid man uh it, it's got to be something that's like genuinely horrifying <laughs> i i don't know what it is you know you know yeah. what listeners why don't you provide us with your best and most terrifying sea, deep sea monsters that we can like blend in some horrifying yes, way please with humans uh i don't know if ai art is good enough to get that prompt but maybe it can so if you want to send us some pictures along with it that would be jawsome okay i just want to toss it out there um all right uh let's let's talk a little bit more about uh the reconciliation of the twist we've got some really strong hooks going on here do we want to try and reconcile Courtney's weird um, street shark folks with Daniel and I's kind of more coherent thread? Or is it something that like they're we're just going to have to accept that they're two separate things? 
Um, I mean, I have a question about, the, we have to really decide what the tone is for those things. Like, do they represent something menacing or do they represent something misunderstood and potentially like neutral mm. or good? Oh. Like, how do they fit in hmm. narratively? Daniel, I'm so glad you're here keeping me on track because like this is just so oh da- I'm I'm glad that you have the laser focus that I absolutely lack right now with my brain leaking through my fucking ears. So that's great. Uh that and that's an excellent question. Uh mm-hmm. are we going to get to the bottom of the ocean and turn these shark men around and there's like a phantom of the opera mask on them? Mm, like of course. what are we- <laughs> They're just misunderstood romantics, of course. Mm-hmm. It was like that the whole time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I mean, they can they can be like you know um, straight up. They could be regular animals. I'm just asking, mm-hmm. like, um, if we don't want to do anything like extravagant with them conceptually, but how does the setting feel about their presence? Is it a bad thing or a good thing? Is what I'm asking. I could see it being mixed and i think in the um in the original prompt itself it even talked about like there is no one like universal kind of government or society so maybe it's similar with these creatures like some of them are more menacing than others others are kind of gentle giants of the sea sorts of things Mm. like maybe it just depends on where you're at in the ocean i i could even see some conspiracy theorists within this world conceiving of these you know sea beasts as oh they must have been the previous generation like Mm. obviously falsely but like trying to study them trying to and and then of course when with daniel's tenant from the previous episode of desperately trying to understand and like get to them like (laughs) there's entire like factions of folks who are not my faction by the way but i just want to toss it out there that are like ultra deep sea divers or something like that. And they're trying to like, they think that they're trying to reconnect to their ancestral roots because they think that they're shark men or something, you know? Yeah. I like that a lot. And um, I mean, it, it makes sense. Like if you're, you know, on an Island or on some like raft station type thing, and you see these massive creatures come up and like interact in some way with these seed pods and then dive back down like it would be safe to assume Mm. like oh are they like collecting these for their own purposes to continue their own species or what have you yeah especially if like the the genetic runoff that they're kind of absorbing is maybe like a very basic level of consciousness and i don't mean like that they're self-aware but maybe it's like they're aware of what like empathy or like they have some kind of connection to humans that are the new humans that they're like, oh, yeah, I'm not afraid of these things, nor do I think that they're food necessarily. But I'm going to eat those pods for sure. Mm, yeah. So we got telepathic street sharks. Gotcha. They're not necessarily <laughs> telepathic, okay? I know. They're, they're, they're like – they're like psychic adjacent street shark men mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I'm still waiting for uh, the, the new you know, kind of like AI-directed art that yeah, we're going to yeah. get from our listeners. Send that our way for sure. Um. I think that all kind of vibes together, though. I think that's mm-hmm. working, though. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, again, Daniel, I don't want to uh, push this aside. Thank you for pushing this in this direction. I think that was a, a very <laughs> smart mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. I just barreled right over. So, so it great. seems like our conclusion is that if they're a neutral uh, device, but factions in the world view them as various things based on their own interpretations. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It, which seems like a fairly good and decent way to kind of approach world building in general, mm. you know, mm. uh, how do different people view different things? Um, I, I watch a video series, a video created by Ryan Hollinger 
and he just did a double feature of Anaconda and Lake Placid. And I just kind of had this on my mind where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like giant, <laughs> giant, dumb CGI monsters from the late nineties, you know, and Betty White. Uh, Excellent. Yes, of course. Uh, but I, I think we've satisfied the reconciliation with the twist well enough where we can move into our factions. I talked about factions previously, which meant it would have been a better segue than what I'm dealing with now. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who am I? You write uh, a miserable little pile of secrets, right? Just a man. Uh, so, Courtney, why don't you hit us with your faction? Tell us what your street sharks are like and we can kind of <laughs> go from there. Uh, unfortunately, they're not street sharks, which I'm regretting now, definitely. But um, they do have to do with diving. Um, so my faction is one of midwives who are responsible for diving into the ocean mm-hmm. to harvest the seedling humans. Oh yeah. And um, I'm not so sure like how technologically advanced the societies on this planet are at this point. So I wanted this particular group to be akin to, um, I think it's the Bajau people of Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. are a nomadic group who spend a ton of time in and underwater and some of their divers can hold their breath underwater for 13 minutes, which is Whoa. nuts to think about. Yeah. Um, and these midwives would be the ones diving under to look for the seed pods with the desired traits like we had talked about last time and mm-hmm. like carefully removing those pods, delivering them up to the surface and um, initially caring for the babies. Or I think we'd also discuss that maybe these beings are born more or less fully grown. So that could work too and maybe they're just like referred to as babies until their bodies and minds adjust to being like actually conscious yeah they're they're certainly more mature than what we're used to with like the mewling like like drool and shit factories that are our current babies i mean no no offense to babies yeah um you know and of course if babies are listening (laughs) you don't know what the fuck i'm talking about anyway but also like you know we need the views so why not um but no (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that that absolutely works for me. And that is that is rather interesting, like to have that aspect of the life cycle kind of fleshed out a little bit more. And I almost mm. went with a midwife myself and I'm glad oh, cool. that I didn't. Um, but I do I do love this idea that they're like, I mean, they're, they're diving in, they're grabbing these like synthetic like plant pods that are full of possibility and then mm. bring them back up. That's like that's a really fun, cool way that. You're, you know, like you're now now I have a question about that, of course. So when they're, when they're diving, does that mean that they're picking and choosing the pod to be born or is it like, oh, this one's ripe. I got to bring it up. Or or, or is it a matter of they can choose whatever they want and then that's, they get the choice, right? I think it's like they get the choice. Like they're, they're selecting Mm. the ones that maybe are whether it's like the strongest or the fastest looking or display some sort of trait that they want to hone in on for whatever reason and and bringing those up in particular, or it could also be like, you know, furthest along in development. But I imagine there's also definitely like a, a trait selection at play. Mm-hmm. So these midwives have a lot of powers, what I'm hearing. Yeah. Like they basically yeah. choose the direction that they're generation essentially moves mm. in or the next generation the next next generation goes in <laughs> i would say so yeah yeah mm. what sort of um styling do you envision for them so like when you say diving into the ocean it makes me think of things like you know greek um mythology and it makes me think of you know <laughs> potentially fairy tales mm-hmm. so how do you like visualize them since they they're doing this really unusual physical act 
Yeah. Um, I picture them as like visually kind of like rugged and minimalist, like they're diving down with the bare minimum of gear so they don't get weighed down. But at the same time, I could see them bringing air canisters or something of that sort with them, not to mm. breathe, but to like um, use to inflate balloons to help bring the pods back to the surface. That's cool. Yeah. Some yeah. more like waterworld-esque yeah like, it is it is very minimal waterworld. tech i right? know As I, to yeah, the dude, just going full, full on into the water world here. <laughs> just checking <laughs> okay I, I i tend to think visually here and i'm trying to think of them so these the new humans they're also like part plant in a lot of ways right uh so when Not are when, they yeah i mean they, they, I, don't know. I don't think we ever decided i that. thought it was the old generation that was fully plant and the new right, ones are like was, basically humans. Mm-hmm. I I had that exactly opposite in my head. <laughs> really? Yeah, absolutely. Huh. I I swear that oh, I, I even swear that we took the time last episode to be like, okay, just so we're clear. I thought uh, we established that the the creatures in the ocean are fully plants, and the yeah. humans on the land are basically humans. Yeah, and that's why they can't oh, like yeah, recognize. No, okay, so yeah. 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 Okay, we we are in agreement. <laughs> okay, then. okay, okay. Yeah. But but they're also like they're plants, but they're they're humanoid shaped plants, right? Genetically, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. 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 So in my head, I'm thinking of this like you know when you say midwife uh, again, female connotation right there. But like you know how uh, there are like sea hags that have the long oh, hair yeah, that yeah. has like. Uh, kelp and seaweed tangled in it mm-hmm. but instead of that like just their hair is literally seaweed you know that's cool and, yeah. and their ability to breathe for and it's not just 13 minutes it's probably closer to like half an hour to an oh, hour yeah, probably yeah. means that they're diving super mm-hmm. deep into this kind of ocean to find the the the, the genetic pods and stuff like that um, uh, and again, it's because they're, they're able to breathe better because they're literally fucking seaweed or like partially seaweed. Right. So like that to sense. me, yeah. I think makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And we can definitely make that work and happen for us. You know, we've, they've inherited some genetic material from the, their plant origins that makes them different. Exactly. Differently human. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Better for adaptation, sense. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. And then we can skip over the gills aspect of Water Worlds completely. Thank so. you. Yes, of course. <laughs> you know, we can skip over most aspects from Water yeah, Worlds yeah, and sure. still be good. Yeah. Uh, I forgot. I don't remember them having gills. Wow. Well, so no, it was only just Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner did. did. That's why he was special. Oh, he only did. Yeah. Oh. Because yeah, he was I a don't mutant. Remember yeah. Which is like the, it doesn't even make sense. Like, I'm not, I don't have time to go into Water Worlds here. <laughs> But let's okay, okay, okay. Daniel, please drag us away from Waterworld discourse and like into your faction, if you would, sir. Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to get a sense of style, like knowing like the world is kind of like low tech survival esque. Is that fair to say? Like not in a negative way, but just like minimalist, as it, like you said. Mm. I was thinking of um a, a group of them who have broken off who um, are intensely focused on trying to breed naturally and to going mm. back to their mm. origin, so to speak. Mm. And I, I came to mind was um, the Scientology Sea Org. And so this group lives oh, on God. vessels oh, yeah. in the ocean all the time. And they now that I know that there are water diving um, moms, 
they <laughs> kidnapped some of those moms <laughs> oh, uh, because what oh, they're trying wow. to do oh. is they're trying to and and now that i know that there's shark creatures in the water that are genetically mutated they capture those things as well as the moms and they perform experiments not oh, like in a grotesque way it sounds um, kind of grotesque yeah a little bit <laughs> like and I, but but in a way to understand like the what's going on genetically and also that they stylistically they're different than the people on the earth on the, mm, the right, land they're right. more formal i would say and i would say like more clean room-esque than say the the kind of dirty water world people right. on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I can't help but think of this in as, as a comedic premise where it's like there's like a plant guy and he's got like a giant tank with a midwife and a shark creature and he's like gets on a fucking microphone and he's like, shark creature, have sex with that sea woman. And like they're just floating in the tank and nothing's happening. It's like, it's a farce. It's a complete farce. But like, that's where my brain goes. And my brain is poisoned. So, so please, uh, Daniel, continue on with your very serious reading of this. I'm, I'm mm. genuinely interested, but I needed to get that poison out of my brain before I could continue on. So I'm thinking in terms of like their vessel, it might have aspects of whatever naturalist styling that the water world people have, but their vessel is also more machine like, I would think. And mm. Um, you know, like they have uniforms maybe, and, um, they're more methodical. So I'm thinking also maybe they steal genetic material. So like the mothers that come up, they probably steal the, mm. the ones they've selected so they can perform these experiments. Okay. Okay. Um, can, instead of them having a uniform, can they have a more uniform genetic code? So they like look similar because they have designed themselves to look more similar. Oh, I like that. So they're kind of uh, like yeah. physically the same. So unlike the yeah. who are from the same pool, they're all clones of each other. I think that would be better. Mm. Like literal yeah. clones. I think that'd yeah. be kind of fun and cool mm. as well. Like like when they dress the same. Right. Mm. Or or mm. rather like they they just have the same genetic makeup or or they con yeah yeah i'm i'm just repeating myself oh, at this point yeah yeah what if they like um had sort of uprooted the plant thing that was kind of giving their group life and it's now like oh. a part of their ship yes. or it's like oh. underneath their ship oh. and they yeah. continuously harvest from that for yes. new life that well, is clones. Yeah. genuinely horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't want to like, they're trying to understand the origins and if they dilute their own stock, it will, it will pull them away from understanding that generation mm -hmm. after generation. Mm -hmm. Interesting. There's also this kind of like mentality to them that I kind of appreciate or respect, which is like, you know what? We're going to uproot this thing because it doesn't define us. We're so, committed to natural birth that we're going to reject that entirely, you know, which may be a reason why they're like kidnapping or experimenting on the midwives to begin with, because they can't naturally reproduce yet. And so like they need to steal babies from other communities or something like that, you know? Well, that would make sense because if they're all clones, then in order to test the genetic origins, they really, they actually need to, a, not, a pool that's not theirs right so that's probably why they mm -hmm. they, they probably kidnap the mom they I thought they perform perfect tests on the mom i think they kidnap the mom and take the egg she selected and mm -hmm. test that oh. yeah maybe yeah. they give it back to her and then put her back in the ocean maybe she doesn't know about this but the whole idea is that they oh. need to test the actual pool the the fact that they're pirates that no one knows about or like science mm -hmm. pirates that no <laughs> one knows about essentially is, is quite interesting mm -hmm. actually i love the idea that like it's essentially a catch and release program where it's yeah. like, oh, I don't know what happened, but mm -hmm.
but my the you know like the 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 pod I was choosing is gone. You know, like mm-hmm. that's kind of a cool like myth or no, even no. like um like folklorish type story. It's like oh the mi- the tale of the midwife who lost her pod or something like that. Like that's that's kind of a fun way to do it as well. I mean, maybe if they don't want their existence to be known, they might um, they might not steal the orb. They might test it and give it back without mm. her knowing. You know, so she maybe has a mom- uh, some memory lapse that she doesn't mm. know about or can't mm-hmm. account for in the ocean. Um, and that's the time. Yeah, like attributes it to like coming up to surface too fast or something mm. like that. Yeah. I-, I was also getting like fire in the sky vibes as well. Yeah. You know, like something where they don't know what the experimentation that they're doing is, but it's like, so uh, it, it, because like to them, this experiment is so advanced that they don't recognize what it is or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like a UFO phenomenon or, or UAP mm-hmm. phenomenon, but that is just like, they cannot explain it f- because it's so out of what they're used to, you know, yeah. what's UAP. Uh, that's what UFOs are called now. Um, yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's not as good. I still think UFOs just sounds yeah. better. Yeah. yeah, it's unidentified aerial phenomenon. By the way, I, uh. I wanted to toss that out. Yeah, it's it's the same thing, but you again, UFO is so ubiquitous and like everyone knows. Yeah, what it is, so you can't change it at this point. No, you can. They did. They literally well, did uh, yeah. when they declassified a bunch of stuff and like we're like, yeah, U- UAPs are real, and it's like, yeah, but not in the way. That- anyway, I'm getting way <laughs> off track here. Um, Let's move on to my faction. And I started, I, here's the thing. I'm far more interested in the theme that I've created for this particular faction than I am with the faction themselves. I, I have something for them. I want to talk through my thought process and I want to get your input about this before I, before I like really solidify stuff. I was going through like the conflicts that we have and how we can manifest these conflicts, how we make these conflicts real. And one, one theme that I was really interested in is this idea that we have, which is like, we have the generation, the old generation and the new generation in this idea that it's the self versus the past, right? In, in the cell. And we take that on like a, on a human level we are, there is essentially conflict between us and our past. And I find that to be really fascinating. And I'm trying to figure out a way, I'm trying to figure out a way to manifest that and make that more physical, more real, more whatever. And the the best that I could come up with is um, what are essentially editors. Um, They are, a mix between geneticists and psychologists. And we talked about last episode, how when you create a new life, when you're cloning there, you do as a parent have some kind of like say in what you want, right? Like, Oh, you know, like, Oh, I want them to have my best traits, but how do you figure out what your best traits are? And so these editors, these weird like genetic psychologists will root out what you perceive to be the bad traits are mm. and tamper with them in some way. Right. So they are the uh, folks who are in charge of like manipulating the gene pool and and kind of combining the gene pool. And I'm not sure how to make it more real and how I want it to play with a conflict between ourselves and our history. And I was wondering if you could 
elucidate or help me figure out what I'm trying to do here. I, I got to bring up Octavia Butler. God gotta, damn it, I know, Courtney. I know. Um, in her um, Xenogenesis Lilith's Brood trilogy, it's about like a an alien race that comes to Earth and sort of saves uh, the last remnants of humanity from nuclear annihilation. And um, part of what makes them so bizarre and alien is that they pick and choose traits from other species to just like meld into themselves. Okay. And it's sort of interesting because they have a different way of looking at it. Like they don't see cancer as necessarily a negative thing because Hmm. it's like a infinite growth potential basically to them. Interesting. uh, If I'm remembering correctly. And Octavia Butler is always so good at like just making aliens very alien. And Mm -hmm. with this, it brings up a lot of questions of like, what is humanity still like? How much can you change and still be human? And um, what are you willing to do to continue surviving um, as a human and so on and so forth? And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like weird gene splicing and combinations and and giving up traits that you thought were beneficial and that sort of thing. Very interesting. I know, Danny, if you if you can explain more since you've read, I think the first one. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that struck me is their ships are biological entities mm-hmm. that shape shift essentially and incorporate genetic material. Um, but as you were talking about that, it makes me think um, to Rob's point about conflict between future and past ideology. Is like perhaps um, the the conflict is that in the, in the present you have these editors who are changing humans, right? To, to selecting the best bits or the best bits that suit you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I think the tension there, which is what you were speaking to in terms of like what makes a human a human is you start to edit out essentially the process of evolution itself in a mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And so if the, if the past is about the, you know, they, I guess they force themselves to evolve in a sense, then change into some other form. Um, so I don't know if maybe the ideas that we embed in, um, the humans of the past is a willingness to be subject to the environment, right? Which is essentially Mm -hmm. what they did. They made themselves subject to the environment. Mm -hmm. Whereas these humans in the future, if there's editors, they're now not letting the environment dictate what they are. And so as we're changing ourselves and that might be to our detriment because, we're not adapting to anything. We're like, especially since you said psychology is a factor in how they do the editing, then it's like we're almost editing ourselves to our own whims. And that has, doesn't mm-hmm. take into account the stresses and needs of the environment, mm-hmm. which could weaken us over time. Interesting. And maybe maybe that's kind of where my reconciliation with a gift becomes a curse kind of comes into play, where there's a, a hard limit. And this hard limit is actually self-imposed. Mm-hmm. And so that conflict is no longer like, oh, we need to find a cure for this super disease before our species dies. Maybe it's like we need to shift our cultural thinking about how we approach our genes and our ability to adapt and stuff like that. Right. Because like, they may not realize that they're creating a time limit for themselves. Exactly. Doing exactly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, in a way, yeah. it almost feels like they're trying to revert themselves back to the previous generation without even knowing it, which makes mm-hmm. them far less adaptable. Right. Like they're creating the they're they're creating the limitations that I guess we faced 
we can imagine a, a past for these plant humans, which would be us, right? Right. That's not part of the setting, but that could be extrapolated. So, for example, if past plant humans who are now virtually basically extinct, they're in the ocean, but they're extinct mm-hmm. as far as we understand previous humans, maybe what led to their downfall is an increased reliance on digitization. You know, mm-hmm. um, their society became so reliant on, I don't know, technology, which is a, a you know, a tired kind of trope that they no longer had to worry about the environment killing them. And it, it did kill them. And that's how they solved everything mm-hmm. is by they upended themselves and finally fixed things. But like maybe that was their decline. And we don't know that. And the don't know that. I, I'm, I'm also reminded of like how we create monocultures because like in food, right? Uh, we will create a monoculture of like a banana, say, which is, you know, it's the, it yields the highest fruit. It is like the best commercially, but it makes that particular strain ridiculously weak to like Mm. a virus. Right. Um, And if we did that, like with humans, like if we lack the ability to adapt to like any kind of outside force or, or uh, some kind of like virus or something like that. I don't want to do plague and I don't want to do pandemic because I feel like that's often like a fairly tired trope mm. of like apocalypse shit. But I feel like that's, that might actually kind of work. Like we just kind of muddled with our genes to the point where we've created a genetic monoculture of some kinds, you know, mm-hmm. <sighs> interesting. What what I do kind of find interesting as well is this idea that we're creating one of our one of my favorite themes, and I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a fucking square on my bingo card is like this theme of recursion or cycles. Um, but in this case, it's like, you know, it's literally the past repeating itself. And that works out for me as well with this kind of idea that the the, the, the self versus their history, the self versus the past is kind of interesting to me as well in that way. Yeah, I think that that wraps it up. That wraps up that part of it. I, I think so. I think so. You know, think, we're yeah, going to call yeah. it, I think, because <laughs> yeah, I, I think we could, I think if we were to continue this conversation, it gets like real dark and depressing and that's not the theme that we're going with. Yeah. So I think that's it for the factions, right? Courtney, you went, mm-hmm. all right. You got your midwives, Daniel, you got your, um, your submarine scientists who are stealing mm-hmm. people's babies. Um, <laughs> and I've, and I've got my weird editor folks. So yeah, that, that all makes sense. So, so with all the, with all the factions wrapped up, we can roll into our main quest line here, guys, what's the through line with this? We have to involve all of our factions, but ha- what's the through line? What's the narrative that we're kind of seeing here? What's the, the quest for our PCs on this adventure? I think um, it has to do something has to do with a child. Um, I agree. I think we should bring that child back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The danger, of course, is we need to avoid children of men as a plot. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) I do want to I do want to make this uh, I want to bring this back, Daniel. Uh, I really want to make sure that the the child that's born that is like a wonder to this world is like not is demonstrably not from the faction who are desperately trying to learn how to naturally reproduce. Cause I yes. love the idea that just like stuck in their craw. They're like, they're like, they're really bitter about it too. Yeah. I, I, but I think they should be connected in some way. Oh, of course, of course, of yeah. course. But I want, 
I want it to be like, maybe it's like this was an exile or someone who like they cast away. And then this person just so happened to have the next generation or the first natural birth or something like that. I think that'd be kind of interesting because they cast off that kind of wish fulfillment and thought process. And like they rejected it only to then stumble dick or vagina first into having a natural birth on their own, you know? I, I like that. I would say that I think that because the sea people are actually doing research though, it might be the case that they were able to predict where such a birth would happen because if they can be an adversary to this group, then even though they don't understand how it happened, maybe because they, cause they've been kidnapping eggs from that mm -hmm. group. Right. So maybe they were able to at least predict the region and they've, they maybe that the only time they come onto the earth is because they realize, Oh, it's happening. And they're after this person. Oh, so they're kind of like the main villain of the scenario, Maybe. like trying to hunt mm. this group down so that they can do more research and figure out why it happened. Yeah, I mean, maybe they don't even have nefarious intent for the child, mm. but the fact that they're hunting someone is nefarious, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the idea that there is just a slightly menacing faction. And again, this there's no war here. I want to I want to emphasize that from the previous episode. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're blowing limbs off and like eviscerating folks, Courtney. Um, but <laughs> you know, uh, I I I want I love this idea. I mean, and and to them, I'm sure that there are worse things than like physical violence in this world, and that's kind of like this idea that they're intimidating and looming, and they're menacing in all sorts of interesting ways that aren't physically violent. You know, so how do we make that part of the quest line? I I want I see them more as just a kind of general baddie or general antagonist here. I want them to be a part of the solution. I want them to be able to be a part of some kind of like, you need them in order to complete this quest or finish the through mm -hmm. line. How do we make that happen? I wonder if it has something to do with the, the um, sort of tree of life that they had uprooted from their part of the ocean that they were kind of pulling from if that plays a role in some way. Could the child be dying or something or uh, maybe something bad is happening, could happen to it in the trees. So, so like it needs, yeah, it needs like medical assistance or something that only they can provide. Yeah. And, and this is the kind of weakness that they've been like genetically breeding out. It's like, Oh no, mm. this child is sick. And it's like, we told you this would happen like that kind of thing. But, but you just need to get over this like one hump. And then like the tree is or or the uprooted tree is kind of the key to that. Is that what we're suggesting? Well, the if at the heart of this, there's a tension between the old and new and the old ways thinking might be subject to destruction and a whim. But over the long term is the key to survival. And the new way um, is is stable in the short term, but leads to your destruction in the long term, right. then these two ends of the spectrum have to represent one. So the child, mm -hmm. I think, represents the past and growing through nature or nature kind of uh, affecting you and changing you and you survive that way. And it seems like the adversary guys in the boats represent nurture to the extreme. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So again, I think the tree they've up upended that they're calling themselves out of is also representing the past. So maybe there's something they can offer and maybe they don't realize that the tree is part of that solution. Hmm. 
mm-hmm. to bring the two together. Because I think on their own, both are extremes. Smart. You know, like it's got to come together. No, I think that you've analyzed the kind of thematic components yeah. remarkably well here. And I Agreed. think that's really uh, apt for what we're trying to do. So kudos, sir. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just working with the stuff you put on the table. How do we now? How do we make it fit, though? Well, we wanted to play with we wanted to play with the child dying, right? So, or maybe I don't know if it has to be that literal, but well, we want that. Well, I suppose the question is, right? Do we want this child to be the savior, whether in life or death, or do we want this conflict and the resolution to represent something greater than that? You know, I, I am one to suggest that this is not a savior child, but the moments and the circumstances surrounding this child are the thing that move the society towards the, the thing that will restore them and reconcile perhaps both of the, the past and the future and present and all that fucking nonsense together, you know? Okay. <clears throat> Taking what you just said, um, here's an idea. It's not that the child themselves um, is dying or that the child themselves is the one that has some magical gift because we want to avoid the whole Harry Potter trope, which I of totally course. Mm-hmm. Um, which is way that, more ancient than Harry Potter. But I, I, I yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's what we all attribute to Harry Potter. Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, yes. so what if the society that, that, that we add an element that the, the land bound society, they're they're still experiencing some sort of deterioration or harm lately. The child is born, which is regarded as a a miracle and miracle, but something unusual for them. And it's not. And, and taking the child to the sea people is a matter of if the sea people can implant in this particular child's um, genetic material, this combination of their tree and the research they've been doing, that can then be reintroduced back into the population mm-hmm. through the child. Mm-hmm. And that will save them in the, throughout the generations. Yeah. Okay. Some, something else to bring up to is the fact that like we established that the seedling pod people like they come out as more grown up than mm-hmm. we would think um like they're probably teenagers or adolescents or even young adult like full adults or something yeah whereas like this child is like a literal baby and oh. if nobody on earth has any experience dealing with a literal yeah. baby they're gonna be like oh fuck what do we even do with this like so the story centers on the mother then. Yeah. So it's, it's a mother. Is it a diver mother who's carrying a baby mm. that she gave birth to? Actually, I do like the idea that the uh, the midwife is the one who would give birth. I think mm. that that's like yeah. thematically kind of interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of neat. And then, right? and I mean, I, I don't know if it needs to literally be that you have to inject the child with genetic material for the story, <laughs> but like, I feel like the child or that pairing is a carrier for the solution. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. It's kind of like when we see genetic mutations that are really rare and unique, but they benefit mankind long term. I'm thinking like Henrietta Lacks, for example, right? Yeah. With mm-hmm. her uh, immortal cells and stuff like that. So, like, this child is the Henrietta Lacks plus plus of this particular generation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea that what this mother needs, what this mother and the child needs are actually your intimidating sea scientist faction, but maybe because of their reputation or maybe because of their kind of menacing aura, the mother is actively trying to avoid them and rather she should be running in the opposite direction. And mm-hmm. in that way, 
the conflict is also a cultural one, which is like, maybe you shouldn't be so fucking xenophobic or maybe you shouldn't be so wary of like these outsiders or something like that. That mm-hmm. kind of messaging might be kind of interesting to deal with here as well. And it also, I think, lives up to some of the more kinder thematic components within uh, the, the, uh, the, oh God, hope, not hope punk. What's the one that we're Solar doing? Solar punk. Solar yeah. punk. Thank you. Oh my God, my brain, you guys, I'm telling you. Uh, but it, it works with the the greater thematic components of solar mm. punk that we're kind of flirting with here as well. The the clones might be scary, just like physically. They might not. They might be clones of each other, but they don't have to be like less human looking, and that's part of their scariness factor. To your point, that's you kind know? of interesting as well. Mm. Yeah, maybe they communicate in a strange way. Oh, or... oh, oh, oh. Um, could they also just be like of the previous generation, like literally? Oh. Uh, like some like surviving remnants of them. Yeah. Or, or mm. like, because we were talking about this idea that the new generation is seeking out the old generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe this old generation is uh, that, that might be an interesting way to do it. Like, like the old earth, the old humans are part of this new solution just as before, or are we kind of taking agency away from the new generation as well? there's there's something there that I like and there's something there that I don't. So uh, what do you guys think? No, I'm fine bringing in some members of the old one because we had talked last episode too about like maybe there are a couple pockets here and there of people who hadn't made that sacrifice and who are now like much, much, much older, um, possibly regretting their choices. Ooh. And yeah. yeah. And this is their second chance at mm. sacrificing themselves or sacrificing an aspect of themselves mm-hmm. for the future, future generations to come. As long as they're not literally the same people who existed in the previous generation, right? Because if they did, all the mystery is gone because they actually exist. They know what, exactly what happened. So if, if there's some right, right, variation right. Yeah, of that, yeah. I'd be down with it. So like, for example... Maybe there's a remnant of of memory kept in in the tree, right? That these genetic people have access to, which I know defies oh, of your tree. science. Yeah, of the earth, mm, of their yeah. earth tree kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That that would totally color their like their ideals and methodology. Like, of course, they're looking for a natural birth because they had someone from the older generation being like, "Well, this is how it always was, and this is how it right. should be." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can add a mystical element too, where they converse with the tree in some way, even though absolutely it's it's uprooted. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. that totally works. Um, this is all working really well for me, and I hate to be a selfish fuck here, but where do where does my faction fit in with this exactly? Right, I know. Mm. Got You got to throw in the twist, baby. You got to fuck them up. <laughs> what would you say is the most important aspect of your faction? Uh, I, I, as, as I stated up top, when I introduced them, I think that the thematic components are really most interesting and most important to me. So thematically, it's like a less about adaptation, more about direct choice and like conscious choice as opposed to natural evolution in a way. These are the, the editors, right? Yeah. Right. So hmm. are they the, the real adversaries? That's what I was just thinking. There we go. Hell yeah. Okay. Just a simple question. All of a sudden I'm, I've got a half chub. It's perfect. Absolutely. (laughs) They strike me as something that right now would make me more like I'm more uncomfortable with 
a psychologist slash genetic engineer than I am with a genetic engineer in the back. <laughs> right. Because, because like if I have a genetic engineer, right. Who's looking at say, I'm going to edit the human genome to remove this list of diseases based on mortality rates. Right. That's very different than sitting down with someone who says, oh, you seem to have unresolved trauma with your parents. Let's remove this gene that will make you not feel that way and your children uh, not feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like not really based on science. And that's, that's what I think is scary about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and even to a certain extent, it could be like, I noticed here that you said you want your offspring to be not sad anymore. Okay, yes. no problem. And then you remove mm-hmm. that like. That is, you're absolutely right. That is absolutely way more terrifying that than is, someone yeah. fucking around and mucking around in the gene pool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm totally cool with them, you know, representing the kind of uber status quo and like taking that kind of villainous mm-hmm. uh, role. I, I, I did not intend for them to be that, but I love this direction for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even a part that they're interested in removing, especially with this new child that's been born is that like intense like parental bond there oh yeah where they they view it as like this should be more of a communal thing yeah. this should be like everybody should be able to to draw from this child essentially it shouldn't just be your child yeah i love the idea that to the editors this is just a, a an it is just a thing that should not exist Mm -hmm. top to bottom, psychologically, physically, like they look at it and they see an error in the code that must be deleted. Like that's kind of how I'm viewing the, their, their kind of perspective about this. And that to me is really fascinating and even more terrifying than the whole other thing, you know, or not even necessary, like an error that needs to be deleted, but it's like, Oh, this is like an aberration. Like how can we use that for everybody else and sort of ignoring Ignoring like the mother's wishes, ignoring any sort of like individuality that the child might have, like mm-hmm. just basically saying like we need this to to develop further and to study further. Gotcha. So so like to the mother, this child represents infinite possibilities, mm-hmm. but to the editors, it's like this represents infinite uh, chaos or infinite disaster in some ways, right? It's yeah, kind something- of like seeing something to like mold instead of to like allow to flourish basically. Right. Right. To, uh, to continue with the imagery that we had last episode, more of like pruning rather than damn allowing. You, Courtney, I was yeah, literally uh, about I to say it. that. I got it. Damn you. You literally <laughs> cut me off by the fucking syllable. Mm-hmm. Damn mm-hmm. you, Courtney. Uh, okay. All right. So we've, we've got the conflict. We've got the antagonist. We've got everything together. Uh, I think that the story that we see is literally just like a, a, a travel story that that sets up the world, that conveys the setting and all that mm. good stuff. I feel like we've nailed the major elements and I think we're good here, right? I think so, yeah. I think it's a really cool world to explore. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Daniel, anything else that you wanted to add or have any questions about? Mm, how big are the shark people again? Oh yeah, I guess oh, we never went question. back to the uh, to the sharks. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I haven't rolled a die this episode. I'm mm. gonna roll a die. Yeah, see how big, how big it is. Are they just like shark sized super shark Godzilla? Like shark? Megalodon? Megalodon? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Megalodon. Well, let's find out. Let's see what the die says, Daniel. Okay. 
All right, so that's a five. So I'm going to say, considering that's very much on the low end for a D20, uh, they're going to be like human shaped or human sized oh. rather. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. Uh, again, please, listeners, send in your weird AI, or if you're an artist yourself, mm-hmm. send in your own weird, like, sub ocean depth, like, weirdo aquatic human hybrid, please. That'd be really cool to see. And, and, and you know where you can share those uh, deep sea monstrosities? You can go to our Discord. And drop them anywhere in the world building tab, maybe the general. I'm not really terribly picky. Just let us know and we can talk to you all about that. Uh, By the way, a huge thank you to Commissar Whiskers for suggesting this topic. I hope that it was to your liking. And again, a thank you to our newest patrons, Carson and Alexander, for joining us. Uh, Huge respect, huge love for you. Uh, We really appreciate it. Remember, of course, that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, go to Twitter at at Let's World Build. That's where we are. Uh, The Discord that I was talking about previously, there's a link for that in the description of this very episode or on our website. And like Alexander and Carson, you want to become a patron because you're just so generous. You can go to our Patreon with a link for that in the description as well, where you can get patron only episodes. You can get priority on all sorts of good stuff. They just go read it. There's so many cool things that you can get by joining our Patreon That's going to do it for this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that we love you very much, and we're going to get through this together until next week. 